Hello everybody, thank you very much for downloading this episode of the Cinema Catch-Up Club. For more information, you can visit the Cinema Catch-Up Club's official Facebook page. Just search for the Cinema Catch-Up Club. Or you can visit our website, thoughtjarproductions.com. This podcast is available on iTunes and SoundCloud, and we would really appreciate your subscriptions there, so pick your service of choice. For more information about this and other podcasts we produce, please visit thoughtjarproductions.com. And now, for this week's episode. Hello everybody, and welcome to the Cinema Catch-Up Club. I'm your host, Stephen Platt. Thank you very much for downloading this week's episode. It's our fifth and final episode of Australia Month. That's right, we've kicked off the year with five cracking Australian films, and we're bringing it home with your choice, audience. That's The Adventures of Priscilla, Queen of the Desert. Best choice ever. Well... Someone's very happy about that, and that is our guest who has seen the film, sat to my right. It's Katrina Johnston. Welcome back. Thanks, Stephen. Thanks for getting me on twice in a month. Well, you know, it's Australia Month. You're Australian. It just seemed like a natural fit. (laughs) (laughs) Um, So, uh, Priscilla, um, in a sort of vague, non-spoilery kind of way, uh, what is it about Priscilla that you enjoy? Because you're a fan. Yeah, I wouldn't say a big fan, but I definitely enjoy it. Um, don't know what I can say. I, I can point to the Monte Carlos mm-hmm. that are sitting right in front of us um, because although they may only make a small appearance, 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 mm. the, um, uh, it's quite good. And it just comes from that era of Australian film where we had the castle, Muriel's Wedding, um, Strictly Ballroom, those kind of films which are almost like they're, they're comedic but they're hyper comedic mm. in a sense they're very stylistic and it's it's just awesome like that excellent and uh, joining us as our guest who has not seen the film and making his debut on the podcast it's mm. justin mosel crossley oh, thanks for having me on Stephen. glad to be here glad to be getting my podcast virginity out of the way so it's good good yeah. yes <laughs> and uh for, for those at uh, home who have not heard of you before uh, who are you, Justin, and what do you do? All right, well, I'm Justin Mozart Crosley. Um, I am a theatre creator. I have my own theatre company, Hand in Hand Theatre, and I'm also a vampire by trade. A vampire? But yeah. it's daylight outside. <laughs> I know, I'm, I'm risking it all coming out here. It's no, nice. I, I take blood for a living. I'm a phlebotomist. Ah, yes. excellent. Mm-hmm. And uh, for long-time fans of the series, uh, you're actually married to a previous guest, uh, Claire Merzel Crosley. Yes, I am indeed. Claire had that famous um, episode that apparently was one of your highest rated for a little while. Yes. Um, the, the Star Wars episode. Yes, yes, uh, yes. the inventor of zippy yes, swords. Yes, where she admired C-3PO's buttocks, I believe. Mm. She, she did. <laughs> yes, yes, indeed. So, and, uh, no jealousy. It's no, fine. no, I can only presume that you have a similarly uh, golden behind. Mm, but... uh, well, you know, I, I mean, she, she doesn't mire my ass, maybe not for the same reasons, but. <laughs> <laughs> because you could take it down and melt it? <laughs> yeah, it's full of precious metals. Get, get some gold. It's, oh. a, it's a good trait in a person. Yeah. <laughs> um, yeah, so you have not seen Priscilla, Queen of the Desert. No. What do you actually know about this film? 
Um, I know that it's about drag queens on some sort of adventure. I'm assuming it's going to have some sort of... I'm, I'm hoping that all of my experience with RuPaul's Drag Race is going to have kept me in good stead for mm-hmm. what this is going to be like, maybe. Oh. We're, we're having some things. A, no? a little bit. No, no, uh, no sashaying away. No, or no, 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 no. At least not, not in sissying that walk. No, no, and n- none of the yes, queen. Oh, okay. Um, but their own little catchphrases, um, which are much more Australian. Oh, okay. And much so more bit of bit of bit of drag queen going then. <laughs> sort of. Mm. Oh, I'm interested to find out. Yeah. Well, shall we all find out together and watch the film? Sounds yeah. like a plan. Okay, for those of you listening at home, this is the time for you to uh, pop in your DVD and put on your makeup. But uh, Oh, wait, that's Hedwig and the Angry Inch. Never mind. <laughs> uh, as we prepare to watch The Adventures of Priscilla, Queen of the Desert. Welcome back, everybody. We have just finished watching The Adventures of Priscilla, Queen of the Desert. And by we, I, of course, mean Justin. Hey. And Katrina. How you going? So, uh, Justin, we'll start with you, because this was your first time watching Mm. the film. Yes. What did you think of Priscilla? Well, Hugo Weaving gives great face. He really does. That's uh, that's my first take. Um, No, it was was really interesting. Um... (laughs) Yeah, it was it was surprising that a film in '94 had such a respectful take on the drag queen community. I, it was yeah, it's it was it's a an enjoyable romp, and it's a bit of sadness, it's a bit of fun. There's uh, some very out there characters. Guy mm. Pierce certainly does a does a very beautiful Felicia. Um, yeah, yeah. So <laughs> it's um, I enjoyed it. Good. I'm glad, I'm glad to hear. It. I mean, as a first time viewer myself, I rather enjoyed it as well. Um, I you know you sort of have a rough idea of what to expect when you're jumping into it but um yeah i i really enjoyed it and katrina when did you last watch this film um i was trying to think of when i did and i'm not entirely sure it's probably been a couple of years um because although it is it is a good one it's i'm i'm not one for rewatching movies i've mm. rewatched tv shows um, I think I've seen the entirety of MASH about three or four times. Yes, but that's MASH. That's <laughs> Yes, that's MASH. Like You put it on while you're cleaning. It's an interesting uh, film uh, going through it. Uh, obviously, we start with Hugo weaving, lip syncing and uh, having the can of beer thrown at his head. Oh, yes. um, and Which is just atrocious because it was a damn good show. Indeed. and it, it, Too serious. It, it took me the longest time to work out that his name was actually Tick. Yeah, like that was that was actually his his character's name because obviously that well, the, well he's Mit- Mitzi, but tick to his close friends indeed. Yes. Um, but yeah, it was, but it, yeah, it was it was a bit of a it, it was an interesting uh, I'd almost say like a cold open I guess oh, where you're yeah. just thrust into the performance yeah. and then it was it was something I... that was quite common throughout the film that I saw that they didn't want to give you any preamble mm. it was you're just yeah. along for the ride mm. you know, yeah mm. get the information as it drops um I think that's partly because most at least I'm pretty sure Hugo Weaving's character um if not all of the characters all of the main three are actually based on real people Um, like this a couple of years ago I think the 25th anniversary came up for this film and so they did there's a a very good doco on the making of it and how it came to be and it mainly 
came about because there was a, a the director or the writer I'm not sure which might be might be one and the same person um, was wanting to do a doco about the drag scene in Sydney mm. and went and organised an interview with one of the um, up and coming drag queens of the Sydney scene in the late eighties. It's like the and he was like, "Yep, sure, just come and come to my place, and we'll um, this time on like a Saturday morning, and we'll we'll have a chat." He's like, "Yep, sure." Goes to the uh, house and he answers the door. The drag queen answers mm-hmm. the door. Sorry, I, I'm never sure about which pronouns to use, so I do apologise. Well, to her anyone. if it's wild, then yeah. yeah. Yes, mm-hmm. well, yeah. So out of drag, um, and standing yeah, there at the go. door, mm-hmm. holding a child, mm-hmm. holding oh, a toddler. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And the guy goes, oh, who's who's this? And he's like, oh, this is my son. And it was quite extraordinary back then. And I think even nowadays for some people that someone who was involved in the drag scene mm. could th- would then go on and have a family. Mm. Yeah. So. And it, I mean, you're pretty much bang on the money um, w- with that. And it's... Yeah, I think it's, I think it's really important that mm. this... Um, the, the creative team behind this film... Uh, who who put together the story and produced mm. the film were in sort of constant communication with the drag community of Sydney at that time, yeah. and they. I, I think it. I think it comes across in the film. I think the thing that it really comes across with it yeah. is the language, and in particular, mm. um, the the really foul, consistent <laughs> yeah. insults. Um, you know, like the fact that um, Adam, played by um, uh, Guy Guy Pierce, right. um, is is telling that story about, um, and we see the flashback of him as a young guy with his uncle in the bath, mm. and yeah, yeah, the, the sure. fact, that, yeah. creepy uh, uncle, uh, uh, like a, a child molester scene and and story told with a giggle and a smile and a and, and a and a good old laugh. Yeah, like, it, was, now, it was interesting. <laughs> it was it was certainly um, something that you're watching and going, we don't normally get to see this on film, but it's mm. that sort of. Uh, you know, the, 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 it it fits into that same sort of brand of humour of something like the, um, you know, like just those really foul jokes you hear in playgrounds. That, yeah. that and kind I, of I thing. suppose it, it yeah. it's, it's maybe even like um, a, a characteristic of of that community, I guess, turning what yeah. would be seen as a, as a horrible experience in, into a laugh because that's how you I cope. Think, I think generally people in those kind of minority communities, you do get that almost gallows humour. Mm-hmm. Um I do recall one of the funniest things I've seen David Moody, a professor who has all taught all three of us. Yeah. Uh, I think... Oh, or, or he no, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah, he's taught you, yeah. Justin, as well. Yeah, um, he did a show uh, once... Oh, I can't remember the name of it, uh, which is all about genocide. Yeah. And there was some really funny moments in there, taking, segment, taking uh, comedic routines straight out of a skit that was performed in Auschwitz mm. by two Jewish com- comics. Um, and it was hilarious. And you do get, like, uh, Bernadette says it very well after what happens to Felicia in Cooper PD. You you have to make it, you have to let those things make you strong. Mm-hmm. And part of the way that you make you strong is by laughing. We see uh, Hugo Weaving uh, as Tick. We see that initial performance and it doesn't go well. And uh, he gets in touch with, uh, his friend Bernadette mm-hmm. and finds out that Bernadette's partner Trumpet has just died mm. and we go to the funeral and there's lots of uh, people in uh, different states of dress and it's gender like we, yeah within that funeral you see the the range of 
that community. Mm. There are the drag queens who who the drag isn't just a persona it's them it's mm-hmm. how they mm-hmm. how they face the world mm-hmm. and then you've got people who are like tick who maybe it's a bit more of just a performance and then you've got on the other end of the spectrum you've got bernadette who is a transgender person mm-hmm. and maybe has come to drag through as as like a halfway measure before realizing that the, mm. that she was transgender mm-hmm. 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 yeah and of course this is where we get to properly meet bernadette uh, as played pretty much perfectly by Terence mm. Stamp. Oh, um you wouldn't wouldn't have a clue it was the same person. Yeah, it was it was a complete transformation by the actor. It was really, really mm. yeah. And um we we see essentially, you know, obviously Bernadette is um is very upset that her trumpet has died and there is an offer from Tick to say, "Well, why don't you come with me to Alice Springs? I've got this job in Alice Springs." Um it's going to take us away for about 4 weeks. We can do some shows. Uh, you can get away from all this immediate sadness and grief and mm-hmm. Bernadette accepts, but then finds out that there's going to be a third mm-hmm. person with them. And that is Felicia slash Adam. Felicia. Yeah. Who yes. is very young, very vibrant, very muscular and, and quite <laughs> annoying. <laughs> and crude as hell. The trio set off in a bus bought by uh, Felicia uh, named Priscilla uh, bought Indeed. off some Swedish backpackers, which is where I learned that yeah. the titular character is actually a bus. Yeah, I didn't Whoops. realize. I didn't realize you didn't know that. I thought no, that was I, hilarious. As uh, as as a great you know podcast um, in, uh, enthusiast and and um, no, not at all. I did no research before I came here. I <laughs> Excellent. apologize. Excellent. Well, I only discovered that Priscilla was the bus doing the research for this film. Um, I, I, yeah, because I, I didn't really know too much about it, and it was as I was uh, preparing stuff, I saw that Priscilla was on the bus, and I went. Oh, the bus is Priscilla. Oh, so yeah, you're not alone <laughs> in what I'm saying. Yeah, is, just, well, yes. That's fine. Um, so, a bus can be queen of the desert. It's okay. Well, I, I think the bus is pretty much the... Uh, it, it, it's where a lot of the story comes from, mm. mostly because it keeps breaking down. <laughs> uh, but it's, you know, it's where they're all housed together. It's where they have these experiences. You know, initially they, uh, they're getting along, but they're not really getting along. You know, they, they lock out Felicia on the first night and she has to sleep outside. <laughs> um, and, uh, yeah. And the, I, the, the kind of relationship between the three of them in the beginning kind of makes me think of high school girls like the very stereotypical high school girls on a road trip together and you get the bitchiness and you get the little pranks that happen this is where picnic at hanging rock got it wrong yeah because <laughs> girls i don't sit there and speak poetry to each other we're mean and we're nasty oh, and geez. and we we <sighs> but we're also funny at the same time we're not just waifs that sit around. So, did you feel they needed to be more drag queens in Picnic at Hanging Rock? Um, no, did it, did it need to be just more real film. women? <laughs> did it need to be Picnic uh, at Hanging Rock with a cock and a frock? Is that what it needed to be? <laughs> maybe it did. Maybe uh, it did. Uh, but the, while they were in these early these early days on on the trip, um, Mitzi slash Tick reveals that. Um, he is married and that the person who's organized the gig is his estranged wife mm. um and you know the others are like are a bit affronted by this to be mm. honest they're yeah. um they're not overly happy mm. with it's... with with learning that, that there's been this secret kept from them which i think is interesting because um that's a problem that people within the gay community i i'm aware of do deal with particularly bisexuals 
um, or asexuals mm. Mm. and a couple of the other um, mm. colours in the spectrum. And I suppose certainly yeah. in, in the time that this film was being made, it was it was probably... And, and, and no, they even a, they yeah. even have that problem now. Mm. Mm. Oh, uh, yes, oh, by, by, certainly by, I yeah, agree. But, bisexual yeah. erasure, asexual erasure is, um, mm-hmm. is a quite a... I don't know how prevalent of an issue because... Mm-hmm. I am also not a card-carrying member it's, of the... It's reasonably prevalent. Yeah. And and I think it's important that it's... It, again, it's touched on yeah. in this film, and I think it's touched on in a relatively mature way. The characters yeah. do have a... As in um, Vendette and, and Felicia. Felicia. They, mm. they have um, misgivings about it. And, you know, they give um, Tick some stick for being... Um, for batting for both teams at one point. Although I think it's interesting that Bernadette, she's... To me, at least, she doesn't seem annoyed that Tick has is married and has a kid, but just that she wasn't told. Yes. Mm. Now, that, that was the interesting mm. thing, is that they both took it very different ways. You had Felicia, who was going like, oh, my God, I can't believe that you're bisexual and giving, um, giving Tick some crap about that. Mm. But it was a trust thing yeah. for, for Bernadette. And mm-hmm. then that's, that's almost broken all over again when we discover that Tick has a son, and that son is in Alice Springs, yeah. and she faints. <laughs> um, yes, but uh, there's but, a lot of fainting in this film. Well, you know, it's typical drama field drag. Well, queen, that, and they're probably out in forty degree heat. <laughs> yeah. in yes, high heat. Yes, and no one got sunburned as you. As you I know <laughs> how that that is a, a miracle. Movie magic. Yeah, it's all that... the giant hats. <laughs> I, I mean, all the feathers provide uh, oh, ideal shade. Dear. All the makeup, maybe. Now. It's it's pretty much impossible to go any further without discussing the costumes, I think, because, oh, yeah. oh my goodness, Just there are some fantastic incredible. dresses. Incredible. Uh, In oh. particular for me, the, the flip-flop dress. Whole <laughs> new way to wear a thong. Oh, uh, it's it amazing. Was... <laughs> I love that it was like... The, the, it would be so hot. Yeah, uh, you, you see the handbag that's made out of these flip-flops. You're oh. like, okay. And then you see the dress, and it's also made out of flip-flops. And then the earrings. Oh, yeah. And all the hair. My <laughs> word. Uh, uh. It, was just, it was just fantastic. It was just so much fun. Yeah. One thing that always amazes me about drag queens in this film and in the ones that I've seen on RuPaul's Drag Race and the, the ones that I've seen um, in the Perth community – uh, through various performances and things like that, um, is their attention, like their, their finesse of detail mm. and the, the the creativity that just goes into that. Oh, it's, 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 you know, respect art form, you know. Like yeah. it, it is, it is, you know, an, an amazing expression mm. of human creativity. You know, is, I mean, one, one, thing, one thing that I've always, well, particularly after watching, after being in, introduced to RuPaul's Drag Race, mm-hmm. is it would be very, very interesting to um, do a PhD looking oh. into the different areas, the the, oh. the performance, yeah, the art, performance of drag. art of drag oh. and looking at the different, different types. Mm. Now, this film ended up winning an Academy Award for its costumes. Not um, Well-deserved. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, I'm going to slightly jump ahead to the trivia troll section. Uh, I like to have some trivia from IMDb. I oh, just want geez. to throw it in while we're on the dress. Can you guess how much that dress costs to make? Oh, I, th- I think I know this, and it's really, really cheap. It's like under $50, under $20 kind of thing. You're going for that? What do you reckon? Oh, look, let's, let's throw to like $300 just to be... It costs them. Seven dollars. Seven. Oh, Jesus. They did all that with seven dollars. <laughs> <That's> amazing. 
<laughs> oh, it's incredible. They go to their first their first town. They, you know, they go to the bar. That woman comes up and says, "We don't like your kind round here." And then Bernadette mm-hmm. tells her to make some crack about her telling her to set a tampon on fire to let it explode inside because that's the only bang she'll get. Oh, All of the, um, the line. yeah, again, the savagery. Yeah. Mm-hmm. All the the bar flies are like, "It's funny," and so they they, they welcome and accept them. Mm-hmm. Until the next day when they go outside and there is graffiti relating to the AIDS crisis on the side mm. of their bus. Which would have been, like, I I don't know if this film's actually set when it was made. I believe it is just set in the modern day. Uh, yeah. it's, it's set in 1994. Yeah. So it's, it's you know, it's right at the tail end of, of the of the AIDS crisis, which was, uh, you know, huge. I, I would say it's probably still right bang in the middle. Mm. I'm not sure of the dates. So I'm not very well educated in this. Yeah, so. it was sort of... It basically was, yeah, uh, the 80s right the way through to the early to mid-90s. So, yeah, it, it, it's still a, a really prevalent, uh, massive issue. Mm. And it's scrawled on the side of the bus. And it's a real, like, kick in the guts for them because it's come just after having a, a good night out on the town. Yeah, it was, it was yeah. Um, interesting that the, the representation of um, intolerance was this one woman in the bar that was... I, I, I wasn't sure what, what the statement that was kind of made in that was, but it, I, was, it was interesting. I... I think it's um, it's a statement of about the relationship between homophobia and misogyny. Mm. Well, at least this is obviously coming from a very 2018 perspective where uh, people are getting a bit more educated about the inter- intersection of all the isms, whether it's mm-hmm. racism and sexism mm-hmm. or miso- uh, misogyny and homophobia and all these other things. Um, because... The only time where they are accepted, the um, Bernadette and everyone, is when they show misogyny themselves, when they show that they are just as good as men, mm. that they can put this woman back in her place. Mm. And she herself has obviously tried to strip of all femininity. You mm. see she's, she's, in a, she's in a wife bed t- uh, shirt. She's sweaty. She's, she's not particularly good looking. She's she got gets no into a makeup shots on. competition with Bernadette. Mm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And it's, it, yeah, I, I, I really got that impression as well. Yeah. And it's, I, I think maybe it's also a clever choice just to have it not being the, what you would expect and having a male character in the bar do that. Because mm. we do get that later in the film. I yeah. think also in that situation, all the men know that they don't have to. Or if they do, things are going to arc up really quick. Mm. Um, whereas if it's oh, if it's just Cheryl, yeah, perhaps doesn't matter. Per- perhaps maybe a statement mm. on the fact that that women aren't an ally to the community, or at least in that time, aren't an ally to the community either. Because I guess there's that yeah. idea of coming in on on their turf, and certainly I th- I think there was a whole thing about. Um, women and especially um with feminism um mm. there's there's a very anti-drag and anti-trans yes. section of yes. the feminist community um so i mean possibly pulling at those sorts of strings yeah quite possibly um mm. i think probably maybe a little bit of both mm-hmm. um or possibly we're just looking a bit too much into it and <laughs> this that uh, kind of scenario uh-huh. is something is a scenario that the yeah. writer heard yeah. about yeah mm-hmm. it, it, it was it wasn't yeah. interesting what you said about the fact that the moments in the film where the when, when there was aggression being shown to the to the queens and then when they showed masculinity then the aggressors backed down and that is mm-hmm. that is interesting that they mm-hmm. had to you know bring out some sort of masculinity to um, to to be reprieved from yeah. from aggression. So I, I guess that's it's 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 a, a disappointing statement on on the society of the time and yeah. and 
and how they had to behave to survive. And and as much as, yes, you say that it is a disappointing reflection on the society, society of the time, I think that's something that we still experience today. I don't think any of the issues that are brought up in the film we could say have have been gotten rid of or no. if anything they're just as bad or mm. if not worse yeah well the, um, the, the 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 idea that one has to be you know, strong or masculine or you know, yeah. to to be right and and those yeah. those sort of boxes of of the weak femininity being an inferior thing is mm. still definitely around yeah yeah i i i mean this is obviously something that i, I the creative team would have had some time to think about as well is is about you know the, these lead characters that they have are all dealing with the fact that they are not conforming to a single gender stereotype mm. Mm. i mean obviously you have bernadette who is you know physically transitioning from male to female yeah. you trying, have trying to move into uh mm. you know one, one, one particular box but not being able to mm. to, yeah. to make that complete yeah transition. and you have um you've a uh, guy pierce's character um felicia who is just out there being young and being brash and maybe has a sort almost sort of um because that character felicia did seem quite a bit younger than mm. bernadette yeah. and then yeah. tick oh, yeah. Yeah. i think and, i think that's an, a clear choice yeah. Yeah. yeah and i you know it's almost a uh coming of age tale mm-hmm. because as felicia um she endures hardships you know she endures mm-hmm. uh homophobia in kuda and uh-huh. um you know makes stupid decisions and says stupid things but also sort of grows a bit over the course of the film Mm. and then with tick uh once he as tick is um in alice springs and is confronted by the fact that his son benj is there he suddenly doesn't really want he doesn't want his son to see him as um as mitzi he 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 doesn't want him being brought to the show Mm -hmm. because you know he's still carrying all of those negative experiences associated with his Mm. feminine identity Mm. and it doesn't want to foist them off on his son. Possibly, I mean, it's. I don't think it's ever explicitly stated within the film, but maybe Tick had negative experiences with his father, maybe with his parents, mm. and well, was afraid of the probably. the reverse happening. And, and 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 I suppose probably that that conflict between wanting to accept who she is, but also mm. wanting to get the acceptance of of her son so and i think i think also it's a case of um acknowledging like it's always there's always one person in your life if they come up to you and say you're awful for xyz or i hate you because of xyz then that just crushes a person Mm. um Mm. and it and it changes for each person and i think he's possibly imagining some of the same statements coming that he's been yelled at on, on the street or when when she's in costume um, and on stage coming from his child's mouth mm. and that would just be heartbreaking. Yeah. I mean, there is a reason why um, transgender people wait until their children are all grown up sometimes mm. before they start going through transition. Yeah. Mm. Um, so they, they have this negative encounter and I think it's interesting that it's followed almost immediately by the iconic shot of the film, which is uh, Felicia on top of the bus in the massive silver flowing mm-hmm. uh, garment as as the bus drives with it all billowing behind and it's it, like it, it you know it's on the Just letting it all it drag is, out. It, it is it's a on the poster. Beautiful, a beautiful mm-hmm. shot. And I think it's really interesting that that 
that I read that as as a viewer as being the the catharsis that they were going mm. through. Oh, you know, in, in the same way that you can say that drag queens generally, when you look at them, um, when you try and examine the psychology, a lot of people go for the you know caterpillar to butterfly metaphor. It's something that's used again and again within drag. I think seeing that you have them have this horrible experience and they at least um the, the character of felicia chooses to turn that goes out by supplies mm-hmm. and turns it into just this really stunning performance performed not to anyone it's performed out in the middle of yeah. the desert as the bus is moving well, i think I, maybe that's the idea the yeah. freedom of the nothingness the open space where they can be their full you know loud think, and proud selves yeah. yeah and i think it's also just or even if we just bring it back down to the personal it's just like you've had a crappy week at work and sunday morning comes around and you've got that place to yourself and so you crank up whatever music you like and you dance around in your undies. Mm. I think it's also partly like that, except they're taking, well, Felicia is taking it to the next level. Mm-hmm. About yeah. six levels above that level. Yeah. yeah I mean, it's... Yeah, I mean on, on those heels, certainly mm. it was yeah. way above. <laughs> <laughs> and so then we have the bus break down. Bernadette wanders off into the desert to get help. Um, uh, Adam, at this point, uh, out of all the Felicia gear, decides to paint the bus to get rid of the the horrible AIDS thing that's written on the bus and turn it into a beautiful pink Priscilla. Mm. Um, Bernadette lavender, yes, yeah, oh. yeah, it's, it's purple. <laughs> no, it's lavender. <laughs> and, um, Bernadette <laughs> finds the hunters, Mister and Missus Spencer. That wonderful shot of um, Bernadette in the back of the truck with the dead kangaroo and just saying thank you whilst <laughs> looking at the flies oh, eating yeah. this corpse. Mm. Um, and yeah, so the Mr. and Mrs. Spencer turn up and then they see, oh, it's a bus full of drag queens and they drive away. Mm-hmm. And again, it's another kind of like, no, we're not going to help you. And uh, to be honest, I sat here as a viewer going, okay, they're homophobic, but they're going to call for someone to turn up. And they didn't. And no. I just felt, I just mm. felt so angry. I think, I, I think, I think that the reaction from the, from the characters, like the main characters was, was like quite telling in that there wasn't even really a sense of surprise. It, yeah. it was a, this is yeah. a thing that happens that just, yeah, was... water off a, duck, a duck's back almost. Mm. You no, know, you just kind of accept it and move mm. on because these are mm. the people you have to deal with. Yeah. Fortunately, they, they choose to take the time and use it positively. They start rehearsing one of their sequences and then they are found by someone who sneaks up and goes, oh, hello. Uh, and, nice night for it. Yeah. And take, <laughs> sorry, go I ahead. Th- I, th- I think it was quite um, an interesting and, and good representation to have that to that, that we've had the white Australian Ockert, um people coming through, mm. want, not, not wanting to have anything to do with, with drag queens. And then along comes you know, first people community who are out having, having a song and dance and um, they're completely accepting of these um, other people, the, these drag queens mm. who yeah. you know want to be themselves out in the bush. Which is true to form for some, and mm. I highlight some, Aboriginal communities. Um, there is a very good, I don't know if it's a documentary or a book um, that I was told about, about this community called the Sister Girls. Mm. Yes. Who well, are yeah. Indigenous people. Uh, who are also drag queens. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yes. And if anyone's ever watched um, You Can't Ask That, which is a, uh, a fantastic show for international viewers, uh, international listeners, I mean, um, where they question segments of, the, of, of minority Australians. Mm-hmm. And one, one episode was on 
uh, transgender people mm-hmm. and in all their various shades. And one of the people was uh, was a sister girl. And on that program, as the title might give away, they ask the questions which people say you can't ask that mm. to, to have an open and frank discussion. Yeah. Um, and it, it is well worth watching if you're able to get it. I believe it's the ABC that produces yeah. it. Yes. Um, mm-hmm. Yeah, so you have um they, they they encounter this group of um indigenous musicians they they perform one of their um their dances the i will survive mm. again arguably the most iconic routine mm-hmm. um and and hugo weaving gives amazing face once again again yeah oh my god top face top face <laughs> um and it's a really sounds so dirty <laughs> <laughs> it's supposed to love i know I yeah know. <laughs> Um, so they, they do that. Um, we then, we then have, uh, I just have two notes, one after the other, which are, are just kind of the weirdest things I've had to write down. The Abbotted, uh, from when um, oh. Felicia went into the loo after one of the uh, ladies from Abba and found uh, something in the bathroom and keeps it in a little jar in what mm, I presume is formaldehyde. Yes, yes. A, little, a little a little gift yeah. log. Yeah. 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 A, little, oh, yeah. oh. a precious nugget from the past. <laughs> and, then, and then she wears it around her neck. Uh, oh, it's in a jar, it's fine. It's I sealed. know, but oh. still, <laughs> you fall over, that thing is smashed. Yeah. And um, you've got Abapoo smear, oh, smeared over your boobs. Yeah. Oh. And, then, and then the sex doll kite, which... Again, it was just fun. They just took a sex doll, made it into a kite, flew it around for a bit. Now, Stephen, yes. you were in the loo while the credits were rolling, so I, you I missed this. Okay. There is a last, right after the end of the credits, there is a little bit where the sex doll kite is rediscovered. <gasps> By whom? Chinese monks. <laughs> Fair <Very> enough. Jeez. <laughs> <laughs> uh, you know, not even questioning it. I don't even need to go back and look at it. I believe you. Um, the bus needs major repairs, it turns out. They get it into mm. another town. Bob, the mechanic, uh, takes a look at it, um, as played by Bill Hunter, and basically says, yep, we need to get this, this bus to Cooper Pedy to do the repairs. We also meet his uh, his wife, Cynthia, um, mm. and yes. then we have the second pub routine, which Cynthia interrupts with uh, what can only be described as quite the show involving mm, ping pong yes, balls. Yes, yes. Uh, uh, Thai special. Yes. Yeah, I believe it, you can still go to places in, in Thailand. I think it's in Thailand. And, and see mm-hmm. a very similar yes. routine yes. team uh, performed. Ping pong ball routine. Yes. yes. Um, I mean, I don't, I, don't, I don't know whether it's it's the movie that, that set the stereotype or, or, no, or, or, or I just piggybacked on the stereotype. I, I, think, I think that was well... That mm. was quite set. Mm. Um, Thailand has been a... a a tourist spot for the sex industry, I think, for quite quite a few mm-hmm. decades. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, pro- probably not. Um, pro- probably one of the, one of the worst uh, racial re- representations in the movie. Well, but uh, yeah, mm, true to form. It I was, guess it's it just... was interesting though because I I really enjoyed in terms of the aspect of the performance just how completely into it the performer was mm. um, oh, and you certainly. know it wasn't it wasn't rob schneider dressing up as somebody for in a different race which <laughs> yeah. would have made it like <laughs> 10 times worse <sighs> yeah. but you're right it it, it, it is was, yeah it wasn't wasn't blackface on hey hey it's saturday yeah no. but, but it was um it was still watching it in in 2018 as we are now it was mm. watching it and going Huh? They probably wouldn't do that today. <laughs> so, yeah, uh, it was I, it, it, I, it, it was almost f- flight lice kind of uh, yeah. uh, level. I, I kind of mm. don't know. 
I don't know. I think that part would Look, actually I mean, be kept. It's a it's a, it's, it it's a it's a it's a caricature and, mm. and 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 it's certainly and, and and I don't know the 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 performers certainly having fun with it. I, I don't I don't think it's a character that's ever meant to be taken seriously. Mm. Um, yeah, I don't know. But I, I, I suppose... mean, Cynthia Cynthia is a very small role in that film, mm. and mm. essentially she is just there to create a bit of drama in this town. And then she leaves. Because, really, really to give Bob a reason to yes, leave. Yes, exactly. Mm. To, yeah. to, to make Bob go out of his comfort zone. Because uh, we have the whole very slow burn romance between Bob and Bernadette. Mm. And yeah, it, it, it was just a bit odd. I think the thing I enjoyed most about that sequence was the shot of um, our three protagonists <laughs> describing what was happening. And uh. with like a mixture of like disgust and enjoyment. <laughs> Yeah, just the uh, oh and, and just 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 being that tiny little bit impressed. Yeah. You can't yeah. do that with a ping pong ball. <laughs> because okay, uh. as as the person of the co- uh, of the podcast, mm-hmm. I'll start that again. As the person of the podcast at the moment, with the required genitalia yeah. for yeah. that Carry, carrying the female card, that, yes, that is that would be. Freaking hard. Yeah. Mm. I mean, like, it takes a very specific set of skills that yeah. Liam Neeson does not have. Indeed. <laughs> um, I mean, my, my genital-based ping-pong ball trip is just to paint one side of my thing red <laughs> and the other black <laughs> and just knock them across the table. But... <laughs> Mm. <laughs> oh, not not really looking forward he- to that party trick. <laughs> it really helps to make the paddle shape if you can get a Monte Carlo under the foreskin. <laughs> oh, can we, can yes, we, can yes. we segue into that uh, moment? I am so sad that that's that that was taken out. There is a deleted scene. If you have the DVD, you might be able to see it. Where or it might even be on the DVD. Yeah, it might be on the DVD. Um, <laughs> if not, you can find it online because we yeah. did. Uh, because it's not in the version we watched. Um, it's a deleted scene where Bernadette explains why Trumpet is called Trumpet. Mm-hmm. And it's because uh, Trumpet had an excessive amount of foreskin and, as Bernadette describes, could fit an entire Monte Carlo biscuit inside, which mm-hmm. is no small feat. Yes. Uh, so we, anybody we, we have a Monte Carlo biscuit in front of us. Yes. And yes. how many how many centimetres yes. would you say that is across? Too so, many. So a person <laughs> who could properly partake in the very obscure sexual um, act of docking, I mm. suppose. Yeah, it's a good... I, okay, you're going to need to explain mm. that to me. Okay, maybe, so, we're in, so... Maybe we're, later. Yes. I'm, I'm going to say, we, we, we are in danger of this turning into an R-rated yes. show. Yeah, may, maybe later. <laughs> oh, jeez. Mm. Point is, about six to seven centimetres. Yes. Anyway, uh, moving on. It was, it was always going to happen with Priscilla. We've talked about like uh, some Swedish pop stars poo. We've talked about yeah. sex doll kites. Uh, ping pong balls. Yeah. All How over are you the enjoying place? your first podcast? Uh, it's, 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 it's a ride. It's, uh, <laughs> I, I don't feel like I'm qualified to talk about any of this, but I'm going to do it anyway. <laughs> Excellent. So they, um, they travel to Cuba PD. Uh, Adam gets drunk, gets dressed up as Felicia. No, sorry, doesn't get drunk. Gets uh, takes some drugs. My apologies. Mm, yes. Uh, mm-hmm. And crashes a uh, a big boys booze up meeting. And one of the guys there mistakenly thinks that Felicia is uh, biologically female. Mm. Realizes after about thirty seconds that uh, it's it's a man dressed as a woman, and proceeds to chase and then attack uh, Felicia. Mm. Um, and yeah, this is sort of like the most open hostility to to the mm. uh, the whole concept of drag that we see it, it it certainly seems like it's not uh not, not an experience that felicia has a great deal of experience with mm. considering her reaction afterwards and and, and, and i suppose her, her brazen kind of um movement into the into yeah. their yeah. um in, into their company sort of assuming that 
there'll be a few bad words thrown about and then, you know, she'll get out, get out scot-free. But, yeah, a different sort of being out that they've sort of encountered out in yeah. Kubernetes. I, I think it's interesting that they've chosen these three characters who really represent the progression of the gay rights movement mm. and, of, and of how um, their world has become more accepted, although nowhere near far enough. Um, and it's interesting that because Bernadette represents like the 60s, the start of it, mm, yeah. and which is why I think you also see Bernadette as the person who's always very poised, mm. um, feminine in a very, very particular way, in a not-in-your-face way, mm. um, because that's how she learned to survive. Yeah. And she probably would have lived through the era, although I think, I think it was in the 70s might have been mid 80s where in sydney um there was a, a series quite a quite a number of homosexual deaths mm. uh homosexual murders sorry i should say and that is people of like gay men taken out to or found in uh in oh where was it some some famous beach in or oh, point uh, around Sydney hmm. and found murdered and the police just pretty much ignoring it. It was between 1989 and 1999, just having a quick then, yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, but yes, it's, it, it is interesting that obviously Felicia has grown up in the Okay, not completely safe, but, but definitely but, but, but the, more, the, safe. More, the more protected community of yeah. Sydney, where mm. there is there is a space for the drag community, mm. where they can be accepted. Maybe a very small space, yeah. but it's, and there. it's yeah. even yeah. discussed in the film. Bernadette says um, after afterwards when uh, she's come in, she's need that guy in the nuts twice, <laughs> and then has got um, back to the hotel with Felicia. Even says, you know, maybe that um, to quote her shithole of a city that you call name so much has actually protected us in a mm. funny way Absolutely. and i think it's yeah i think it's definitely true i think when you are in a community or you're in a place where there are lots and lots of people of different identities or mixing and interacting you do generally find that there is a little bit more acceptance of mm. different ways of living and and you you don't, you don't sort of realize the the massive amount of prejudice that can be found outside of those communities yeah. Yeah. and those safe spaces. Mm. I do wonder if the Cooper Beattie tourist board was a bit annoyed when this film became <laughs> super successful because <laughs> Cooper Beattie, by all accounts, yeah, yeah, mining town, is... It's a reasonably famous place. It's a reasonably famous mm. place yeah. and it's it's a place that lots of people uh, visit. It's got a lot of uh, people who live in, in caves, basically, like hollowed out caves that are made into modern homes and it's a really interesting, fascinating place. But I wonder if that when this film came out, they were like, eh, well, crap. The, the, the interesting thing is that the, the mention of Cooper Pity was almost a throwaway part of the film. They, 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 it wasn't made a lot of at the start. They just kind of name-dropped the location halfway through as they're about to leave. It sort of seems like they probably could have left it out. So, I, ima- I imagine disappointing it's because... For... I imagine it's because it, it is a place... If you're going from Sydney to Alice Springs, you're going to stop there because that's one of the and more major towns. Once again, maybe it's just mm. a case of... This is maybe based on things that are, that have, stories that have been told, things that have happened. Maybe it was it was dropped because that was a thing that have, that had happened. Maybe. Mm. Mm-hmm. So they make it to Alice Springs. They get there. This is where they've been, 
you know, driving and breaking down and driving towards this whole film. Mm-hmm. And we see Tick meet up with his uh, wife, Marion, and they have a really lovely meet up. Like, oh my God, it's you. Yeah. Mm-hmm. You know, yeah. they call each yeah. other names and they have fun. Mm-hmm. And then. Obviously, have a very, very good relationship. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Indeed. Yeah. You sort of, you, you, you then kind of realize the other half of, of the person who would enter into this married relationship yeah. with, mm-hmm. with someone like Tick. Yeah, yeah, mm-hmm. and um, they, they, she then takes him through, and he gets to see uh, his son Benj, and as we discussed before, we see all the concerns suddenly bubble up for Tick about being a good father, and like they go for this family picnic, and he's dressed in like just the dorkiest safari suit. He looks like he should oh. be in the ad for a Cobra. Yeah. We've- We've, we've skipped we've skipped the show. We've, we've oh, sorry. A, yes, we a, have. My talk apologies. About the performance. Sorry, sorry. I just I just got caught up on the on the Benji bit. I do, yes, I, I do understand. There but... is the performance. We see um, the the show in all its glory. Oh, um, magnificent. And um, I thought because we see the sequence we of of this song, you know, finally, da 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 da, and we we see that, but we see like four different types of costumes, and like they're yes, dressed yes. as animals, they're dressed as frill like magic lizards. costume changes, mm. and and all these amazing representations presentations of Australian flora and fauna and, and eventually architecture yeah. they make yeah. the Sydney Opera yeah. House yeah. Mm-hmm. but when I was watching it and we were seeing these transitions I went okay we're showing the passage of the four weeks that they're doing the show no that was all the first show yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. It's, it's just just it, it is a barnstorming performance mm. that gets the lightest of yeah and it just applause. gets this it just gets Hey. Which and was like, guys. just disrespectful. <laughs> what was incredible? Yeah, like who they... knew that emus could be so fashionable? Indeed, they have no idea how much effort went to those costumes, mm-hmm. how the lighting was done. <laughs> like that, that is lighting an amazing was show. that lighting was really mm-hmm. difficult. Yeah, yeah. like yeah. E- even even knowing yeah. even just from a film perspective, mm. that costume lighting would. That's bloody hard. Yeah. So the fictional cast of uh, the fictional town of Alice Springs, all those fictional audience members, they. Oof, they've earned my dissent. You people do not know a good show when you see one. Yeah, now actual Uh, Alice Springs, I'm sure they're great. But these fictional Alice Springians are just... They just did not know what had come to town. <laughs> did not know a, gl- a good drag show, but wax them with the high heel. Indeed, and I loved the 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 high heel slideshow that was part of that oh, set as well. Just mm. really fun, <laughs> beautiful. Um, I think that's where Kylie Minogue stole it from. Really? Oh, oh well, I, you know, I did see her scuttling around in the mm. background. <laughs> going, Danny, distract mm, them, Kylie. <laughs> so uh, at the end of the performance, though, Tick sees that his son is there with his mum watching it, and his son's like clapping along, going, "Yeah." Being mm. very supportive. And he faints because he's like, oh my God, my son saw can't, me. Can't take this. Yeah. And <laughs> um, Very, very interesting um, scene that, that I just wanted to make mention of where we have a fictional um, remembrance of Tick um, in the waiting room for, oh, for, yeah, for finding that about, yes. about the deliverance yeah. of his baby in this stunning chandelier drag costume mm. um, to, yeah. with, with just all, all the context of representing, trying to mm. put... All that is um, um, Tick um, and, and Mitzi um, into communicating to his son who he is. I never saw that scene as an imaginary scene. I, I mm. saw it as he's come straight from a drag show because his wife's in labour and he's just found out. <laughs> I think the I think the inclusion of that scene, particularly with the other characters standing in as the doctors and nurses, mm. uh, I think that's more representative of... Oh crap! They've just seen and that I have a son. Yes, mm. 
Um, now, Justin, uh, fortunate, fortunate timing. You became a father for the first time. Yes, indeed. Uh, I, I, only, I'm... only three short weeks ago. Yes. yes. Now, three magical weeks what, of fatherhood. How did you get the chandelier through the door? Like, as I presume, <laughs> you were dressed like oh, that. Oh, did it oh, compact? Yeah, yeah, we, mm, was right. it like there, a... there was a whole team, a procession. You know, we we, we made it happen. It's okay. Were yeah. the doors extra wide? Oh, you, you know, you do, there's lots of bending and squeezing, mm. and you know, I, I mean, that that, that is. And that's of, just of, for the course, pregnant that's, woman. That's, yeah. that, that's typical father dress, of course. Yeah. Of course, yeah. yeah. No, and of course you had the giant cigar on standby for, for when the child <laughs> oh, arrived. Yes. It's like, well, the child's well, here, well, time to I, get lung cancer. I didn't, I didn't have the cigar, but, but I did, um, I, I, I was initiated into the tradition of wetting the head. Um, apparently, head. this is something that fathers do, that um, my dad and Claire's dad um, took me out to have a beer. Um, to initiate yeah. me into fatherhood, and this is this is apparently a, a traditional Australian tradition that I had no idea about mm. of wetting the head of the baby. I, yes. I don't think it's just Australian. No, I, I don't think it's think so pretty either, much but... any culture that likes a drink. Mm, yeah, I yeah, think it's yeah, just yeah. an excuse for so, three men that don't know what they're doing. <laughs> so to when go you're have some next to father, yeah. when, when, when you maybe become a father, Stephen, mm-hmm. be happy to initiate you into, into the father community with mm-hmm. a with a with a drink and a, and, and a wetting of the head. Oh, that mm. doesn't sound uh, dirty whatsoever. <laughs> no, of course not. Just just. Just like mm. everything else in this <laughs> in this podcast, there is no innuendo meant whatsoever. Um, so uh, we 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 get the family outing. We we have the conversation between uh, Tick and his son Benji, and Benji's just like, "Yeah, no, this is fine. This is not an issue," and mm. not not even aware that there is an issue. To be honest, you know, mm. he's just hucking rocks into the lake and going, "When we go back to Sydney, are you going to have a boyfriend?" Yeah, well, the, 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 the interesting um, tidbit of information that was dropped um, during some of their interactions was that it seems that his mum had had a girlfriend at some point during yeah. their, during his childhood. So I guess he's he's been initiated into the the community mm. of, of LGBTQ um, from a young age and I mm. guess has just kind of taken it in his stride. Which I think is um, kind of explains a bit more about why... Oh, what was the wife's name? Uh, it was Marion. Marion. Why Marion and Tick um, got got together in the first place. Mm. I don't think it's because they're sexually attracted to each other, uh, although maybe there, there was that. There wasn't really explained, mm. but because they just wanted to make a family. It, it does kind of seem like that. And so, yeah. although, I don't know. It, it, it seems like a complicated backstory that's not, that's not fully fleshed out because I guess there's that interesting question of why... Um, Tick Mitzi um, disappeared out of the boy's life for a while, yeah. and, and then and then it's oh, come I think back now. He and... does explain it a little bit. Just uh, he says that he wanted he wanted a break mm. from it all. Yes. Um, and I think yes, it, not much is explained, but I kind of think it doesn't have to be. No, no, c- certainly not. It's, it's it's once again, it's one of those films where mm. you know you want it to be lived. So yeah. we're not we're, we're not just throwing you all the pieces, and you sort of got you got to move through the life that, mm. that they're living and kind of pick up the pieces as you go. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And so they're, they're all happy families. Um, Tick agrees to take Benj back with him to Sydney, but Bernadette reveals that she is going to stay in Alice Springs um, and basically take over Marion's job for a couple of weeks while she goes and has a holiday. And it's, you know, it's, it's, it's rather moving little final scene between yeah. her and Tick. Cause, uh, and, and also, as we haven't mentioned, um, as you would have seen if you saw the film, that as the trip has been going on, Bob and Bernadette have been mm. building up this yeah. relationship that it seems might lead to something, which is quite a nice little sort of transition for, for Bob from his unfortunate male order bride to 
ex- you know, possibly entering into a relationship with a trans woman. And mm-hmm. and a relationship that I think is on a much more even level mm. emotionally. You can see that they're both old war horses, been through been through the like troubles of the world and, and they certainly I think I yeah. think two people who thought that they had lost their last chance at love. Yeah. And are now gonna give it one more go. Yeah. And also I think two two people who just really want good company. Mm. And I think they were both in a situation where Neither of their their younger partners particularly good company. I mean, Bernadette obviously, you know, was quite fond of Trumpet, and Trumpet died tragically quite young. Mm-hmm. But I mean, it's it's, it's, the, the, it's yeah. almost explained that for Trumpet, um, Bernadette was more of a trinket or a kink than a than, than yeah. necessarily um, you know, a, a, a partner, a, a, which, a, a love relationship. Which I think is mm-hmm. something which is a, a a concern that a lot of trans people have. That they're like, oh, it, particularly if they're in a relationship with a, a, a what is it, cis, a cisgendered person, yeah. mm. um, they're, they're like, am I just a kink or am I an actual proper partner in this relationship? Yeah. Um, and it's dealt with with just such softness and respect. Mm. And it's just like, you, you're just sitting there going, and when he gives when he gives her the flowers yeah. after the show, you're yeah. like, "Oh, Bob, you're so kind-hearted, and you're perfect for Bernadette." Yeah, but I also like that it's not, you know, explicitly stated like, "Yes, they're together and they're happily in love." Like it mm. is a slow process yeah. for them that they they are giving it the, the time that it needs. Um, but yeah, Bob Bob and Bernadette, I think their connection was was quite fun. I think that it was a good decision on Bernadette's behalf because, you know, she says that she doesn't really know what she's doing, but she wants to give it a try. Yeah. Uh, and and, I, I, and it's just all support from, from Tick and Felicia. You know, yeah. Felicia basically goes, well, bye, bitch. And, <laughs> and you know, Tick has a nice... Yeah, yeah, uh, yeah, yeah. Mitzi nice is, heart. I'm jealous as hell. Yeah. Jealous because as all hell. I think the reason why Felicia reacts that way is because I don't think, although, yes, she has matured, I don't think she's at the emotional maturity that either Tick or, or uh, no. Bernadette are. No, so, um, but it's still very much within character. Mm. And also, like, you, you know, you have to get Felicia back to the city. She can't cope in the country. <laughs> we've seen it's it's just not a safe place for oh, um so in the live we've missed a bit oh what bit standing on top of the rock oh ah. at the very end yes yes, yes indeed that moment. yes oh. yes well they have that that final moment and well it's not the final moment because the final moment is when they go and talk to Bernadette mm. and we see them perform the ABBA song back in Sydney and we see oh look Tick slash Mitzi is accepted now yay <laughs> um, but yeah they go and they climb the rock in all their gear and that's you know that is again another really well known shot from this film it's on the literal DVD cover yes drags conquering the outback yeah. I suppose is the, three the, cocks the in three frocks on mm-hmm. a rock mm-hmm. very big rock and yeah. I think, again, it ties into that theme of they use... It it only struck me as we were talking about this. This film and the first film we did in this mini Australia series, Picnic Hanging Rock, both use the Outback as core parts of their experience. Mm. But in Picnic Hanging Rock, it is a... a, I would say not quite villainous, but it is definitely like a a dangerous entity. Mm. Whereas the in, in this film, in Priscilla... The Outback, though it has its dangers, is a real accepting nothingness. Like, mm. it's, it's sort of, it's it's used to represent freedom. Like, they climb up and they look out and they see there's just loads more land. And Bernadette says, God, it never ends, does yeah. it? 
And I think it's really interesting that that's the perspective that the filmmakers chose to make with Priscilla, to say that the outback is a place where there are dangers, but it's a place where you can find uh, acceptance both from yourself yeah, and that, from others. It's the yeah. it's that frontier philosophy. Go out where no one else is to be who you want to be, to, well, ha- to have your own and, yeah. and, and do what you want. Or to go out there and not necessarily find a place, but find yourself. Mm. Yeah. Um, yeah. Yeah, I think they, they, I think they all find just another part of themselves yeah. or confirm another part of themselves it's just it's just a really lovely shot it's a really lovely way to sort of cap off their adventure mm. uh, just before they all have to head home uh, speaking of heading home we should all probably do that soon uh, <laughs> yeah, as so. it is getting rather late here but uh, before we do who wants some trivia from IMDb? <gasps> oh, me, please. <laughs> according to the director Stephen Elliott he took the three leads out and dragged prize to the beginning of filming None of them were recognised. Uh, Guy Pearce took the opportunity to be outrageously rude to people. Terence Stamp forgot that he was in drag at one point and started hitting on a girl. <laughs> and Hugo Weaving got super drunk and lay under a table for hours, tapping his finger in time to the music. <laughs> uh, a detail which was then later incorporated into the film. But yes, so oh, I, that's gorgeous. that just sounds like a really fun uh, project to be involved. <laughs> it just sounds like a really, yeah, yeah, a really good night out. Mm-hmm. Like, where were you? Last time, you know, just out with Hugo Weaving, <laughs> Guy Pierce, Terence Stamp, and drag. Yeah, yeah oh, what a yeah. night! Oh, past uh, the cereal. Uh, due to a heavy filming schedule, lots of the filming was done while the entire crew was on the road. But as you expect, the bus is a very small set with no room for the crew. So in many of the scenes, the crew are hiding under clothes and other props, <laughs> <laughs> holding boom mics and operating cameras. <laughs> Uh, it's the lengths yeah. texts go mm. to get that shot and we did say while we were watching the film that this bus ha- must have TARDIS like qualities to get yeah. all of those costumes and props but it also hid like a crew so, <laughs> <laughs> like it was a big uh, bus uh... I still love the fact that the bus has a tanning bed mm. oh yeah no, it has to. and a sewing uh, machine no. mm. queens can't go without on the road Indeed. well at least Felicia couldn't uh, Terence Stamp got into character by imagining himself as a beautiful woman but uh, the director, uh, Stephen Elliott, told um, Brian Brehenny to make Stamp look as bad as possible. Uh, Stamp never watched his dailies, so he had no idea how he looked until the premiere, and he was actually shocked Aww. by how he looked. Mm. Um, and Brehenny did actually apologise to Stamp at the premiere, but that's, that's an interesting one. Where... That's, yeah. That reminds me of Dustin Hoffman talking about... Um... Oh, Tootsie. Tootsie, mm. yes, because he was said, okay... Um, I'll only do this film if I can believably pass for a woman. And so they did him up in makeup and prosthetics and all that kind of stuff. He's like, great, awesome. He went out on the street and he was passed as a woman. He's like, came back. He's like, okay, make me beautiful now. And they're like, no, we can't. This is the best we can do with Mm. what you have. And he just started crying because he realized all the, um, he would never, looking in the mirror he would never speak to someone who looked like him hmm. passing as a woman and how many uh relationships or friendships he may have missed out on because he's judged people by their um hmm. by their looks julia cortez who played cynthia bob's bride owned that catsuit that with the strategically <gasps> played zipper that was hers oh my gosh Unbelievable! <laughs> so yes, she just this is, this is the cat suit worn by the Thai yes. woman. Yes. Yeah. Mm. Oh, those uh, are awful stockings. Mm. In the closing credits, there is a line that says, "Shown in Dragorama in select theatres." 
Uh, it was a reference <laughs> to the fact that some theatres used a mirror ball and coloured lighting during the finally dance number. Oh, that's awesome. I love that. I love it when, when movie theatres realise that they can add just that little bit more to make the experience just that bit more that bit better Hmm. um the film has a very similar plot to another film called uh to wong fu thanks for everything julie newmar which came out in 1995 Uh, but neither film is actually a rip-off or a remake of each other Mm -hmm. um to wong fu was already well into production when priscilla came out it just so happens that they had very similar themes about uh drag and identity and things Mm. like that but it, it, it is another film which gets compared obviously priscilla is the one which has sort of hit into the zeitgeist more and become very popular uh, but yes, there there is a small connection there. Was To Wong Fu an Australian film? Or it was it... an American film. Oh, okay. Mm. Uh, as of 2017, this is the most recent non-period film to win the Academy Award for Best Costume Design. Oh. Ah. Okay, well. So, yeah. So, if you've got that kind of reasoning to... The, the, that the drag community gives you to go as far out as you want, mm-hmm. it's. I'm not surprised. Oh, there you go. Motivation. If you want your movie to win more costume awards, get more drag queens in your show. Yep. <laughs> and now to finish, some alternate casting <gasps> options. Ooh, ooh. Here we go. How okay. terrible is it going to be? Well, we'll see. So we'll start with... Um, We'll, st- we'll start with Tick, because there were a okay. couple of o- other options. Uh, and I just want from you guys a simple yes-no um, on whether or not you think that this actor could have done, or these actors could have done a good mm. job in the role. Maybe not been as good as Hugo Weaving, no, but no. but good enough. Um, Rupert Everett. Ooh. Ooh. That would have been interesting. Mm. Yeah, no, I'm, I'm going to say yes. Yeah. I don't know. I wouldn't. I wouldn't replace Hugo, but yes, mm. he's of the same sort of like facial. Mm. He, he gives great face. Oh, he he no, would. No, not he necessarily that. Given... I don't think I've really seen him in that kind of role. Mm. Um, no, no, no. I think okay. he's too. He's too upright. He's too stodgy. The mm. other, the other actor that was for Tick, uh, Colin Firth. Mm, I, I mean, I mean that, that that feels like too obvious a choice. The third one for the option of playing Tick slash Mitzi, Tim Curry. Oh, too obvious. No, he'd be a like, Felicia. It, it, he'd it, be it a feels Felicia. obvious, yeah. Uh, but he, but the, but but then Tim Curry couldn't play the young Felicia, even though that would one hundred percent be his character. No, I think yeah. he could. I think mm-hmm. he could. I think yeah, you've had one iconic drag performance in your career. Keep it at that. Would be, <laughs> would be my just... thing. Let someone else have a go. Yeah, I yeah. don't know. Eddie Izzard made a career out of it. Yeah, that's <laughs> true. Okay, you don't scratch that. Uh, and a couple of others to play Bernadette. So these are actors who were or people who were considered. Mm-hmm. Uh, Tim Curry was also considered for this role. Mm-hmm. I could have yeah. potentially yeah. seen him. Potentially, what it would have liked. He to does. See it he does give good gravitas. Mm. Yeah. Yeah. David Bowie. Ooh. Oh, oh, that. Mm. Yes, I would have. I, I would have liked to see it. Yeah, that would be really. I think. Yeah, Bernadette would be a very, very different, <sighs> very different Bernadette. I think we would have gotten. Um, John Cleese. No. <laughs> no, no. See, once again, uh, that that I I think that would have ended up being completely disrespectful. I mm. I agree. I yeah. I don't think it yeah. would have been good. Just I mean like I'm I'm sure John Cleese wouldn't have intended for it to be yeah. Mm. But me, with his background exactly. And it would have just Python, been, I mean can, just try and imagine him telling the the Monte Carlo story. <sighs> you know the reason he was called Trumpet <laughs> was he could fit an entire Monte Carlo in his foreskin. <laughs> it just it just doesn't work. 
Oof. Mm. Yes. Mm. No. <laughs> and the final actor, uh, John Hurt. Ooh. Well, he did play. Um, oh. No. Yes. Yes. He, I would have. He, he was in. There was John a 1960s Hurt. film where he played a very famous. I don't think he would was considered a drag queen. Oh, he was a writer, and. Oh. Trans or, or, oh, um, or, or um, just a cross No, no, he or? was he was Quinton Crisp. That's it. Yes, yes, he um, was Quinton Crisp. Yes, he, and yeah, that was a very um, yeah, it was one of his big big early roles. Yeah. Was as Quinton Crisp. Yeah. yeah, I again, I think he could have done a good job. Yeah, I think but he would have. Take but, nothing away from the chosen cast though, because yeah. they all performed magnificently. I think the chosen cast is is pretty much yeah spot on. I think know? if John Hurt was Bernadette. We would have gotten a frailer Bernadette because mm. Terence Stamp has, particularly with that jawline, mm. oh my god, has that masculinity, that inherent masculinity that he's obviously trying to hide. Well, Bernadette is trying to hide. Mm-hmm. Um, that comes out at those very opportune moments. Mm. And I can't really imagine John Hurt ever saying, "Now you're Why don't fucked. you take that tampon, light it." <laughs> And let it explode inside you, because it's the only bang you're going to get. Have you ever seen a Monte Carlo? Or, or <laughs> you pile of budgie shit. Oh, yes. What a great, what a great answer. Oh, just, if, you, if, if you want a bunch of amazing burns, watch this film. Mm. If you want a bunch of amazing burns, go hang out with some drag queens. Oh, yeah, <laughs> pretty much. They will roast right. you to pieces. Yes. Indeed. Yes. So, let's score the film. Uh, Justin, this is where we get together and we decide on our own individual scores for the film out of 10. Now, it's a piece of art. We understand that, you know, numbers, you can't Mm -hmm. necessarily put a number system to something like this, particularly uh, as it's such an important, iconic film for, uh, you know, a lot of people. Mm -hmm. But we're going to do it anyway, because, you know, it is also also quite fun to get a sense of where this film sat with you. So Mm -hmm. with one being, uh uh-oh, that was a bad film, and 10 being, mwah, bellissimo, Mm -hmm. where would you put... Uh, the Adventures of Priscilla, the Queen of the Desert. Um, I mean, I suppose there were probably some scenes I might have cut. There was probably a bit too many panoramas of the outback, but um, I think it's certainly an iconic film. It's a great human story. I would give it seven giant stilettos. Mm, good, good, I like. <laughs> uh, Katrina, what would you give it? Um... It is one of these films that when I show... I, I, was, I think I may have mentioned this to you before we started uh, recording, that this was one of the films that I forced my American housemate to watch when I lived in the UK because uh, I was like, this this is amazing. Everyone, everyone outside of Australia needs to see it. Um, and I think it, there's, just, there's just so much to it and it's done with such tenderness... And humanity and and humour. Um, I'd give it eight thong dresses out of ten. That's an excellent score. Um, for me, I, it's an enjoyable film. Uh, I I enjoyed watching it for the first time. I do agree. It's a it, it's a strangely paced film. It does feel more like a a series of vignettes as opposed to maybe something that would fit into the category of a more coherent story. I don't think it suffers for that though. Mm. Um, I think it's, I think it's well told. It's enjoyable, and yeah, I I think that all three of our leads were really strong. Um, so for me, I'm gonna give it. 
seven abba turds uh, <laughs> out of ten. Um, because great way those those turds are valuable. Okay, <laughs> yeah, they, they they will yeah. like sell that uh, shit on eBay. Yes, quite literally. Yes. Yeah, those golden brown nuggets. Mm. <laughs> <laughs> And on that uh. note, uh, Justin and Katrina, thank you very much uh. for watching Priscilla with me. Oh, thank Thanks, you for having Stephen. me. <laughs> and for those of you listening at home, thank you very much for listening in as well. This concludes Australia Month. We've had a really good fun time looking at these Australian films. And you know what? We might do it all again in January next year, except, oh. you know, different films. <laughs> not, not the same fight again. Um, but we'll yes. probably have some of the similar actors. Yes, yes, true. Because, um, you know, Australia only has about five. Yeah, pretty much. And <laughs> some of them have died. So, you know, yeah. it's, it's, it's getting real short. Yeah. Uh, but, yes, thank you very much for watching. Uh, I suppose you could say normal service resumes uh, next week when we jump back into a big mishmash of different films. Uh, but if you have any suggestions for films that you'd like to see us review here on the Cinema Catch-Up Club, you can let us know in many different ways. Uh, obviously, our Facebook page is a great way to get in touch. Just search for the Cinema Catch-Up Club podcast and leave us a comment there, you know, saying you need to do this film or this film would be great. Um, you can also leave reviews on iTunes. Uh, we're available on iTunes, SoundCloud, and all sorts of uh, podcasting and catching services. Uh, but if you leave us a nice uh, review, you know, honestly, if you do like it, um, even if you don't, just bump it up to about five stars. Um, but leave, leave us a review there uh, because it does help us get out and about in the wider uh, podcasting community. And, uh, of course, we also have our Patreon. And if you are interested in becoming a, a Patreon patron of the club, just go to patreon.com forward slash ccuc podcast. But that's all for this week. So until next time, goodbye. Bye, Queen. You have been listening to a Thought Jar Productions podcast. For more information, please visit thoughtjarproductions.com.